Welcome to the Edge Theory Labs podcast, where we believe greatness happens at the edge of your comfort zone. Join us as we explore the intersections of psychology, neuroscience, human potential, and personal growth, uncovering the secrets of performance that lie at the edge. It's time to live your personal best and unlock your maximum human potential. Let's go all in. Okay, we're back with another episode exploring perspectives, principles, and practices that underlie the well of human potential. How can we dig in and drink from this well of knowledge, of wisdom, of experience between neuroscience and spirituality to continue to explore what potential and performance means to us and how we can apply this framework as a roadmap to our life into the infinite game of pure possibility. In this session today, we will be exploring the stress calm continuum and the five components of the nervous system. Now, ultimately, we hear within the autonomic nervous system, the naming or nomenclature, sympathetic nervous system and parasympathetic nervous system. Softly, often associated to fight or flight and rest and digest. But let's consider this to be more like a seesaw that there's never a time where we're only sympathetic or only parasympathetic within our ner nervous system, specifically the autonomic nervous system, but it's always seeking a teetering or a balance, if you will. To consider, for example, your heart is always receiving sympathetic innervation. So there's this tonality, if you will, of how the neurons, how the nervous system, the neural energy is informing and working with our physical body, the physiology. So just something to consider that we're never just in sympathetic fight or flight or parasympathetic rest and digest. We'll explore those terms a little bit deeper as well today as we unpack and sift through some of these subtleties. But consider this to be more of a seesaw. We're a little bit more parasympathetic, we're a little more sympathetic. And let's remove, if you will, fight or flight and rest and digest from our connotation to the autonomic nervous system and consider sympathetic to be focus or energy and parasympathetic to simply be calm or ease and rest. So we're either in place, states of more energy or more calm. Now, within that, the autonomic nervous system and the nervous system as a whole, when I speak to that, what I mean is the brain, but also all these branches that extend out throughout our body, which engage movement, which allow for how our organ function is processing, the ways in which we engage with our internal environments, but also the external environment, the nature, that the places, the ecosystems and environments that we go throughout our day. And Fundamentally, within the nervous system, we have five components that make up our experience. And the first one is sensation. The nervous system is sensing temperature, the clothing on your skin, for example. Perception is the next layer. Perception of time, of space, of threats, of, of our environment. Also, perhaps considering perception of ourself or others. The third component is our thoughts. 
we're all professional thinkers in the modern world. Um, I'm sure everybody can relate to that in regards to, wow, I'm noticing I'm like caught in my head. We hear that phrase all the time. Thoughts are really, as the research is pointing to, really oriented around thinking and or planning and doing, taking action. Thoughts are informing, oh, I, I need to go and get the groceries today. I've, that's, uh, it's originated through a thought. The fourth is our emotions or feelings. We all have this capacity to feel, to feel happiness, joy, to feel sadness, to feel depressed, to feel scared. And finally, the fifth one is behavior. Consider that a sensation can provoke a thought that can then drive a behavior that we either move towards something, we move away from something, or we stay in place. And really the beauty of all of these pillars, these five pillars of the nervous system, is that they, they house our identity. They house our personality, who we are, the way that we see ourselves, the what, what we believe about ourselves. And as Joe Dispenza would so eloquently put, our personality is really how we engage in what we experience our personal reality to be. So without taking us too far out into the esoteric side of things, just consider what are those, maybe there's a certain pillar that resonates to you that's like, wow, okay, I'm noticing how certain thoughts or emotions are informing my behaviors and causing me to perceive what's possible in my life to have a limit, finite, or can I open up to the possibilities of the infinite game, the infinite energy, like we heard Chad speaking about in one of our recent episodes. So just in short, recognizing the autonomic nervous system is this stress calm continuum. How do we find balance to create more energy or to move towards more calm? And really within those five pillars of the nervous system, sensation and perception and behaviors are the most direct way in to self-regulation, to neural plasticity, which for many years, the neurobiologists, the PhDs, those studying these components of physiology and psychology always thought, oh, well, you know, when you're looking at babies, they're picking up and learning new behaviors. You learn by touching the stove that the glowing red hot um, or flames are, are hot. So we, we learn our lessons and you stop repeating certain behaviors. Within the framework of neuroplasticity that they thought after a certain point, of our life that we aren't susceptible to change, that we're hardwired, if you will. But change is always possible. That's what the literature is continuing to show, that through deliberate action, our behaviors, or by engaging with our sensations and our perception, we can start to fire neurons in certain ways that break down certain synaptic connections, like repeated thought loops, beliefs, or emotions, things that feel like they have a grip on us that change is possible by making a change. Very simple framework. Um, consider there's um, this beautiful metaphor. If you were to just walk around in a circle or if you've ever ridden a bike and you've just ridden a path and you continue to rock that path and walk that path, it starts to build a rut. So that is, is a example of creating plasticity or hardwiring ourselves into a certain behavior or a certain personal reality. We're like, wow, I live in this rut now. Nothing, no change is possible. But we know with neuroplasticity that you can make the shift 
So what we've done by creating this rut is firstly, long-term potentiation is the clinical term. We've done so many repeated patterns and behaviors that those neurons are hardwired together and that is our way. And it, it helps reinforce that behavior. But long-term facilitation is this term of breaking down those patterns. It's almost like you're starting to slowly fill in some dirt into that rut. And by making a change, it helps you pop out of it. And we create a shift. So just can to consider that change is possible in your life. If you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling like you're in a certain loop that isn't serving you in the direction of your dreams of what's meaningful and fulfilling, that we can be deliberate with our actions by engaging with sensation. Consider the cold water is a stimulus. It's a sensation on the skin that makes its way into our central nervous system and communicates to the brain to elicit this neural chemical energy, how the physiology, the cells respond. That's a change. And it also elicits a behavioral change. There's the initially that response. Sympathetic energy turns on. We get a, a behavioral response to the brain to say, get out. This is uncomfortable. But we're choosing with our top-down modulation, the choice with discipline to stay and to find and utilize this, the tools we have to self-regulate, to move through reactions by bringing in deliberate responses. And what could those be? Breathing, our vision. These are really the two most direct accesses into these pillars of the nervous system. We go to sleep and we're breathing without thought or having to think about it. It's involuntary. So there is this involuntary layer of the nervous system. Sometimes involuntary thoughts are coming up. Uh, consider the shower thoughts, how great some of those can be. They're like geysers that just pop up and we have these beautiful aha moments. Where there's places where that involuntary or subconscious whisper intuition guides us to places that we know, wow, that's where I need to be. And then there's others that are patterns that maybe we're getting triggered when we're in a social environment when there really is no threat there. So starting to distinguish where, where are the subconscious patterns that really serve me? And maybe where can I do some gardening in, my, my, in the, the garden of my subconscious to make changes? And breathing is that direct access in deliberate stimulus like the cold is... Everything we reviewed from our, or touched into with our last episode with hormatic stress are, is powerful ways to build resilience within the nervous system. So that all encompasses, again, our identity, our personality, and it governs our state of being. Do I feel calm right Do I feel energized? Do I feel inspired? Do I feel alert? How can then we understand this framework so it's a toolkit that we can take those tools out throughout our day to day? to regulate our state of being in real time. That's the ultimate skill within this whole inquiry here by understanding the mechanisms. Then we're deeply empowered to steer our state of being in real time. So this is action-based. It's an approach that requires deliberate action to get in the tub, to deliberately engage with sensations, with stimulus, or having an awareness, being an observer of what are my behaviors right now? Where's that coming from? Maybe it's the past experiences I've had, 
but I'm not defined by my past because neuroplasticity shows I have the opportunity to break down those patterns, to fill in the ruts, if you will, and create a new portal of possibility and direction in where I want to go in my life. It's a beautiful engagement of mirroring your internal and external worlds. And how do you want to have what's happening on the inside be a reflection of what's happening on the outside? Or vice versa, what's happening on the outside in my reality is also a mirror of what's happening within my persona, my internal reality. So things to consider for everyone tuning in. Wow, where can I get more deliberate? How can I get more specific with even the thoughts I'm having? Because those are helping to inform my subconscious. What stimulus can I start to engage with to build more robustness in the balance of my nervous system? Like we talked about with hormatic stress. We don't want to be just, we don't want to have the tables turn, the seesaw turn to the point where we're in chronic stress all the time. How can I find tools like getting in an ice bath we know has a recoil, a rebound energy of parasympathetic tone. So we start to move into that more restful state, that more calm state. So for everybody, what is our takeaway? You're welcome to close your eyes and just walk through your timeline of life, your journey, all the experiences you've had, which make up your identity, which make you unique. Where in your life right now do you feel stressed? Or where in your life, what specific moments do you feel this sense of increase and arousal within your system? Just mark it, get to know that, getting intimate with what I like to call understanding your nature. Where in your life do you feel calm? Is it at home? What are the environments? What does that environment look like? What is that feeling on the inside, that experience of calm? And finally, where in your life do you feel delight? What's delightful to you? What lights you up? It's meaningful and fulfilling. It's a trajectory and part of the infinite game for in wrapping up here to consider when we get upset, when we get triggered and angry, we can do things out of spite. Hate and anger can be fuel, but it's very short-lived. It's like pouring gas on the fire. (laughs) It goes up and then it generally burns out. And it often doesn't get us anywhere in the long run. We end up hurting ourselves, others. It's, it's a unique energy, but we all know it. On the other hand, delight, the love of what we do, that is for the long term. So as we'll explore in subsequent episodes where your attention goes, the energy flows. So My hope is that within these takeaways from what we're exploring within perspectives and principles, that you have an opportunity then to sit with yourself and with simple questions that are yet an inquiry. Where do I feel stressed? Get to know that. Where do you feel calm? Or who do you feel calm with? Wow, get to know that. And finally, instead of the things that make us angry, triggered, frustrated, what what you resist persists. We're putting so much energy into that space. So let's make a shift. What delights you? Focus on that. It's for the long run. It's infinite. It's what brings meaning, fulfillment, 
and the opportunity to see the beauty that you have in your life and that, that encompasses this world. So let's continue to explore. I hope you found this episode interesting, engaging, stimulating. We'd also love to hear from you. If there's questions or things that you want to explore and uncover further, please reach out to us. Let us know in the DMs or in the comments below on YouTube. We're going to continue this investigation and exploration. I'll see you next time.